back, baby. What I say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I was going to say loys and girls. I don't know where I came from. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, especially children of all ages, for the topic we're going to be talking about today. This show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I'm called Tommy D. I've been called that since I'm about two years old. So Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. Every single week here on the program on a Friday morning, I bring to you a leader of a nonprofit organization, someone who with their organization is changing the world, is making an impact. Sometimes it's it's food insecurity. Other times it's working with intellectual uh, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And on certain specific occasions, it's about life-saving conversations. And today is one of those conversations where we are talking about an organization that saves lives, has saved lives, and will continue to save lives. I'm wearing a red velvet jacket. My guest has a, is that a red sweater, Melinda Marinaya? It's a red sweater, yes. Red sweater, red tie on the kid right here. Check it out. Why? Because it is American Heart Month. And for the next several months, each time, each month, I'm going to dedicate one show of the four or five shows, depending on the month, to a, a cause that we can talk about both here on the program and that we can also talk about from a professional perspective from our agency, Vanguard Benefits, and really what Vanguard Benefits is doing in the community as well. So Melinda and I may get into it today, but but we're, you know, there's going to be things that Vanguard's going to do to help raise money for these organizations. You know, when it comes to our conversation today, I expect that Ed Probes, Vinny Blasi, and the team of Vanguard, we're going to talk about how we can make an impact for this organization from an educational perspective, also getting AEDs in the hands of people who who need them, the schools, the sports teams. We're going to get into a lot of stuff. But before we get into that, let me just do this. First, Melinda, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. I'm great. And thanks for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure to be able to have a conversation with you. I love having you on the show. And I say this, from now on, every February, you have to be on my program forever until, you know, until the end. Right? I'll give you a heart. Thank right? you. Right back. <laughs> You know, heart, you know, that's become like a big thing, you know, the heart with certainly uh, look today as we sit here is it's February 3rd, 2023. It is American Heart Month, but the world noticed something on that Monday night football game in Cincinnati when DeMar Hamlin stood up after getting hit and then very abruptly fell back down. And I got to tell you the truth. Once I understood what was going on. I thought of you and I, I thought of Dominic. I thought of your family because I never met Dominic, but I've known you for now a number of years. And why don't we start there? I mean, it was certainly something that I, I think rose to the public discussion. I mean, many of us sat there that Monday night watching that game and realizing that, well, not realizing, just being scared, being concerned. I mean, seeing, and for a week, we were concerned, you know, and then even after that first week of how is this young man? I mean, is it, again, a baby, a young man, right? Oh, yep. So can you, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about the, the, the tragedy of, of the loss of your son and, and obviously of, of your husband not too long before that of cardiac arrest? Let's let's get into it that way. And, and then there's plenty to get into and talk about today. I, I have to tell you, um, I wasn't watching the game um, when DeMar collapsed. Um, and, but I got my phone just blew up right after people were calling. Did you see it? Did you, you know, I looked on Facebook, social media, you're seeing it all over. Um, one thing I want to point out in the beginning that the stars were aligned that day in Damar Hamlin's favor. Um, and because CPR was administered right away and the AED, the automatic external defibrillator was immediately used. Um, it was on an NFL setting, of course, so the athletic trainers and everyone, you know, they were equipped and ready to respond. Um, and then I thought back to Dominic and kids that are in high school and what's happening every day because it's not a rare occurrence of sudden cardiac arrest where, hey, when it happens, you know, when your child goes to school, Tommy, and, and you know, where kids are in school and they're playing sports, are they readily equipped? Many are, many aren't. However, we have to get to that medium where everyone is prepared. CPR is essential, but it will not help by itself. And AED is critical. You need that AED as well. The, as I said, the automated external defibrillator. CPR and AED save lives. You watched it. Everyone has watched it. They watched DeMar come back and, and be as vibrant as he was prior to. And he's paying it forward today to ensure that others, you know, are 
know about the importance of CPR and AED that was critical in saving his life. But here, you know, at home, you know, and every day, the local communities, we need to make sure that they're prepared. In Dominic's case, he might still be here if everyone was readily prepared. Yeah. And again, my condolences on, on the loss of your yeah. son. And, and obviously as on your husband, not too long before that. Um, so you, you, you talk about the NFL uh, and you, and now, now in, you know, in looking back, I've seen plenty of TV shows now showing, um, you know, how fast they responded. They were on mm-hmm. that. Field. I mean, we, those of us, you, it's all out there on the internet. You can see how fast they yes. responded. And there's, there's doctors, paramedics, there's an entire team. And now I watched something, I don't know if it was one of these, like a, uh, maybe like CBS This Morning or one of those mm-hmm. kind of shows where they showed things that us NFL fans may have never known, but that there are these doctors and the paramedics mm-hmm. and all. And they have their own meeting before the game. Because, and, and I got to tell you the truth, Melinda. I, I've said this to now. My four children, uh, my son, both, a lot of my kids are into football. My, my oldest son my, the most. And I even said to my wife recently, I don't know how much longer I can watch this game because mm-hmm. I've watched this game my whole life. You know, I, I grew up watching NFL football. I never played football, grew up watching that game and grew up working in bars as a bartender. NFL football is a big deal in that business. Not, you know, way before gambling was legal, there was plenty of gambling going on on those games. That is some game. The way, you know, the way these men are hitting each other. I mean, it is a battle zone I, I don't my my boys will never play and i doubt my girls are ever going to play football but my boys will never play uh football like they play they play flag football and i will tell you my son has gotten a concussion at flag football practice you know because these boys are knuckleheads and sometimes they do dumb things right um the point is though they had to have the people on Sight. They otherwise, if they, if moments had gone by, that young man may not be with us anymore, mm-hmm. or or he would have had, you know, lost severe brain capacity and things like that. So, uh, talk to me a little bit about yeah. just access. Yeah, I I believe well, three things, many things were in 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 Demar's favor, as with any you know sports, you know, national sports team. Um, they had an effective, comprehensive emergency, um, a cardiac emergency response plan. So nothing just happens. I mean, it's well planned out, well thought out. So emergency response plan, AED was readily accessible. CPR, the knowledge of the trainers, athletic directors, so forth, knowing CPR, that's effective. All those items in place made the difference. So when we think about our schools, when you think about um, the, the community centers where sports leagues, sports programs, do they have an effective cardiac emergency response plan? Do they have an effective program in place where, CP, where AEDs are carried with them during sports games, practices, and events? And are there trained CPR personnel? So I, I think in, in a lot of cases, and being you know the father of, of, uh, of four kids who play sports, I'm embarrassed to say, uh, and this is, but this is what this show is about. It's about getting educated that I don't believe sometimes when, now if, if we're at a field in the neighborhood and you and I talked about this and there's the shack where they're selling like Laffy Taffy and sodas and hot dogs, right? There's, I, again, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, but I will know come spring, but I, I don't, I assume that there's an AED in that shack there, but I'm thinking about when we travel, when we go on in these travel teams, whether it be lacrosse or um or baseball certainly in softball i think when you're in the in the high school level i should say i i again i'm I'm assuming a whole lot which is totally wrong which i'm which i want to say to you all i'm being very vulnerable in saying that i assume because i just don't know and you know what i shouldn't be assuming i have to do the research you all have to do the research that's what this is about so there's no excuse that we don't know i've taken my son to go play baseball around this island and i think when we're in a gym I think the the AED, terrible to say, is probably there. But when we're on a field in a little league travel baseball situation at nine o'clock in the morning on the South Shore of Long Island, where everybody's just getting there for the game and there's games all over the field, there should be more education about this. Mm-hmm. And and I, I 
this isn't, I don't want to slight anybody. I don't want to blame anybody. We're trying to be part of the solution here. Right. right? So your experience in, in, I mean, we haven't even really said much of what the, um, the Dominic A. Murray 21 foundation is doing the, the Dom Hart 21 Memorial foundation. We haven't said exactly what you're doing. We're going to get into that now, but in your experience, as you start going out there, do you find that it's often the occasion that they don't have the training, they don't have the AED on fields and things like that. Can you can you talk when, about what what I'd like to touch on when you think about in the the schools, the public schools especially, um, what happened in Chaminade? You, you, there was the life that was saved. Yes, in the schools there's training because the coaches are required to be trained. Now, when you talk about CYO, yeah. AAU, yeah. you know. Um, where it's not basically on that school setting. Remember, that's that volunteer parent. Yeah. Likely, yeah. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's volunteers that maybe are not coaches in schools. Is there training there? Are they carrying the AEDs with them during travel games? In most cases, you may be in a high school where they may, where they should have it. Yeah. But like you said, you don't know. Is it readily visible? Yeah. Would you know where to go get it if they told you where to go yeah. get it? And, and here's the thing. First of all, you know, they were out there performing CPA, CPR on DeMar within like 10 seconds, I think, or seven seconds. They right? were out there. They, they were, were there, right? on the scene. So the point of the matter is we don't have a whole heck of a lot of time. So it's not like the, the young man, young girl has fallen down. Where's the AED? Well, that, we're already in behind now. Where That's is the- where you got to get that training. So yeah. I, I'm thinking, like, I have coached with some of the guys in the neighborhood flag football a bit, and I'm always at the games for the other sports. Mm-hmm. And I never carried an AED on me in my life anywhere I've ever been, okay? That, to me, sounds like an issue. That, that I, I need to address that, and I need to find out in the neighborhood. This is a conversation, which is what the major tenet of your organization is, is about educating people. Yes. And this is, I'm actually feeling myself, I'm getting a little cranky and a little angry because this is not something that I've thought of enough and have been proactive enough in these conversations. So we need to make changes. We, we need to be more effective in access and education and really on the steps of, of what to do when we see a young person or an older person suddenly take a fall. Tell me to look, we're going to go to a quick break, but before we do that, when you see with Demar, by the time you had found out about this, you probably knew what it was, right? We didn't know. Did you? We, were there certain things that you saw from your experience that you said that this is what happened to that young man? Well, it, it was it from being educated and uh, on this, and I learned about this being part of um, when Dominic collapsed. I wanted to know what happened to him, and that's when I heard sudden cardiac arrest. But I heard it when I was researching why my son's heart suddenly stopped. And I found out about this from a national organization called Parent Heart Watch. And when we learned from Parent Heart Watch that sudden cardiac arrest is not rare. And still today, people are saying it's rare. And the other thing, and why you wouldn't know about this, Tommy, and there's no blame of anyone at all, is because they don't think it will happen to kids. And we can talk more about that. Yeah, we'll be right back. Well, wait, you're good at this. We'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his Contrary to what you might have heard, sudden cardiac arrest is not a rare occurrence. Sudden sudden cardiac arrest, or SCA, is the third leading cause of death in the U.S., affecting more than 356,000 people per year. That's not rare. That's a big deal, including more than 23,000 young people under the age of 18. Survival rate has remained at 10% for 30 years. Why? because we're not ready. We're not prepared. We don't know what to do. So the question is, does your home, your school, your sports league, do you know the signs, the steps, and what has to happen next? The young man you mentioned earlier, we were talking about it before we got started the show, a young man at my high school where I where I went to high school, Chaminade, right here on Long Island. This just happened in December. He had a, um, it seems like he had, a, I think he, was, he had a seizure, and then he slipped into cardiac arrest. And because uh, this young man is alive, because of the, the training of uh, the, the coach, he was ready. He knew the training. He knew what he had to do. And they, they responded directly to help save this young man's life. They helped save someone's life. Didn't say, you know, they helped them walk across the street. They brought someone back to life. That is an incredible situation. But none of that happens, Melinda without the training, the education, the access, right? Absolutely. And um, when someone goes into sudden cardiac arrest, they are clinically dead. That's, you know, I tried That's to tell that to, my, to my, my son and his best friend who's always at my house. And I was trying to explain to them, that young man died. They brought him back to life. And they, and they, 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 no, no, that's not what happened, Tommy D. No, I go, no, that's exactly what happened. He was not alive and then he was alive, right? Right. Right. And I'd like to explain that there is a difference in what many people don't know that a heart attack and a sudden cardiac arrest are like apples and oranges. I didn't even know that. So, what is a heart attack is not the same. A heart attack, someone is still alert, they feel the symptoms of a heart attack, pressure so forth. And they're able to, they're still responsive. They're still alert. When you're in a sudden cardiac arrest, your heart abruptly stops. It stops pumping. The blood flow to the vital organs ceases. It stops. And the, you know, you're not alert. You're unresponsive. And there are some signs. Um, I wasn't there when Dominic collapsed on the court at school. Um, And, but they show seizure-like symptoms. They are gasping. They're gurgling. They're showing some signs. And that's when, you know, immediately, and, you know, I am a certified um, CPR AED instructor. I became certified um, shortly after Dominic um, died suddenly from sudden cardiac arrest in 2011. And um, I learned what the signs are and that immediately help is needed. Every minute that passes, is a 10% less chance of survival. You don't have time to wonder, hey, what's going on? You okay? What they're unresponsive, they're seizing, they're not speaking to you, they're not responding to, you know, words because they're just not alert. You immediately start CPR, your compressions. You send someone to go look for that AED and bring it to you so you can use it as quickly as possible. The three things that I call that I tell people in our classes and that I preach on uh, you know every chance I get. Three things you have to remember is call, push, shock. Call 911, get help on the way, 
push, start your immediate compressions and shock. When that AED arrives on the scene, you immediately use it. And all you have to do is turn it on and follow its steps. So, so it, just, it tells mm-hmm. you, it gives you the, I haven't seen this in action. And again, that is going to change because you and I are going to hang out at some point. Yes, later we are. Because I want to do some of this stuff. But if I've seen it in a video or something, the machine is going to tell you exactly what to do. Yep. All you have to do is turn it on. Okay. So turn so it on. Do, do you know? I feel like historically, you know, people used to worry about this type of stuff. Am I doing it right? You know, I, I having I, we mentioned Shamanad, and I will tell you, uh, I did graduate from there a long time ago. It was 1996, but I remember we had the um, the CPR dummies, and I don't remember any of this to, to you know at this point in my life. But I remember there was a class where we had to you know do the compressions and do and you know do the mouth to mouth resuscitation. Yep. Yep. I, I have to think, especially with the technology advances and the AEDs and stuff like that, that whatever that was in the past is is just it's a different world. Well, um, every few years, um, I, I do know that the American Heart Association. Actually, I'm, one, I'm also an American Heart Association volunteer. Um, I do know that, you know, you look at the science, the scientifics behind it, you know, the best uh, methods. There's still um, do like, you know, the rescue breaths and compressions. However, you know, people were a little reluctant out there on the street, you know, just to jump in and put their mouth in somebody. Right. Yeah, of course. So it's effective to do what's called hands-only CPR, which is compression only. You could do yeah. your compressions. Of course, you still need that AED. That's going to shock the heart back into its normal rhythm. You can do CPR all day long. You still need that AED. You need that, you need uh, that boost. It's like, uh, exactly. not to be silly about it, but you know, it's like jumping a car, right? It's to get right. the electricity back. Exactly. Back. Exactly. So um, now what's happened in the schools, there is a CPR in schools um, requirement that all students in New York state schools are required to, um, for in high schools are required to take the, um, CPR AD education course in school. It's about 30 minutes before they graduate. It's a graduation requirement. Oh, this is, let's, let's go back for a second. This is the students, New York state students before yes. they graduate high school. At least once they're supposed to take that that class. It's a graduation requirement. During COVID, it was sort of, I guess, lifted a bit because kids were not in school. Um, However, during COVID, many schools contacted our organization and we provided that virtually where we we provided, you know, classes virtually um, for these students to meet that graduation requirement as a gym requirement. So that was really great. We did 1,200 students. Wow. So let me look at some of the numbers. Thousands of lives could have been saved as a result of Dominic's legacy. 26,000 folks have been trained CPR, AED training, and you've saved four lives from from that work, right? 6,000 young hearts have been screened. And I want to talk about screenings and the importance of that because in retrospect or, or after the fact, you realize and you learn that that Dominic had a congenital heart deformity situation, right? I want you to explain it to me in a second, but so out of the 6,000 hearts that have been screened, 104 young people at risk or have been identified to be at risk. You've placed numbers of these AEDs in the communities. We're going to talk about Dominic's law. So talk to me about the piece right there though. Um, Sometimes like, you know, uh, we don't know. Uh, you know, that we don't know that there's these underlying issues. Mm-hmm. And if there, if we did know, if in certain scenarios, there could be some level of, of intervention, of watching, of being aware, you know, like I'll, different, but similar. One of my girls, one of my daughters had a peanut allergy and she actually outgrew when she was about six or seven years old, but we didn't take her to ball games. Let's go Mets. We didn't take her to the Mets games. We didn't take her to any of those situations because it was, as I was told at the time, an airborne allergy to peanuts but we were always like we everywhere we went there was two epipens with us the whole thing we right. were always on guard so without knowing without having this awareness that we might be pre, uh pre, not predestined but just you know where we have this at risk yeah that risk that we need to be aware of we just don't know so talk to me about the importance of getting out in front of that and doing these screenings and what that program looks like okay so what happened to dominic um of course, I wanted to know why my son collapsed. He was seemingly healthy. He passed every pre-participation sports physical 
and he was diagnosed healthy at every well-child examination. Just seven weeks prior to him, you know, playing um, at Farmingdale State, that's where he, he had just started his college career, 17 years old, prime of his life, six foot two, healthy. I had no reason to believe he was not healthy because nothing ever showed. During his autopsy, his congenital heart condition was revealed. So he was born with a structural abnormality and um, it was never identified. It was, it was never flagged. So had Dominic been screened with EKG, an echo, and whatever else would require further screening if something was flagged, then maybe Dominic would still be here today. And that's what's happened to many of these children. When we talk about 23,000 people, young people under the age of 18 who have died from sudden cardiac arrest, many of these deaths are preventable just as Dominic's would have been prevented. And 23,000 is just a number of recordings that we have now. There is, we're working on also a registry that will actually capture the real numbers. I want to lay this foundation and let you tell you, tell you this so it's known and parents will be aware. One in 300 youth are at risk for sudden cardiac arrest. One in 300. One in 300. So and let you me just that. don't know. Yeah, you, I just want to interrupt you for one second. So <clears throat> to speak to you know, Dominic or any other healthy young person there who hasn't shown any signs that this would be looked at, it's not going to be looked at. There, there was no catalyst to to do the echocardiogram or the EKG yeah. whatever wasn't he so you know so but yeah. that that's common that there's no there's no sign or right. where unless it's checked right or right or it could be a subtle sign now remember think about an athlete they feel they should be winded after you know exercising they feel that they're invincible so there could be signs that they're not saying to their parents so right. Dominic when I say there are no signs he didn't say oh I feel winded after this so I feel faint. Yeah. So there are subtle signs. You should not feel faint or or actually faint before or after practice or, you know, after some exertion. You should, you know, dizziness, um, um, fatigued, something that just doesn't seem normal. But to an athlete, they're thinking, oh, well, you know, this is all part of it. Right. I pushed it hard. No pain, no gain. The whole right. Thing. Right. So that's why it should be a requirement that kids be screened before they participate in sports. So I want to ask you this. So heart screen before they participate. Yeah. So we, we may have to sneak to a break in a sec, but I, I, what I want to know when we come back is I, I'm in the insurance business. We sell employee benefits, group health insurance. That's what our business is. So are you, you know, are these families up against the fact that they're going to have to pay out of pocket for the screenings and, and whatnot? I know a lot of the screenings that you do, uh, that the foundation coordinates, you know, in the schools and things like that. I, uh, is can I take my four children and go get them screened in your experience, you know, with, without any sort of uh, our screenings that we provide are free. Um, however, and, and we have friends all across states that are trying to, um, you know, friends with foundations and organizations all across the states and, you know, the United States that are trying to push for screening laws. Insurance companies push back on that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say. So we're, yeah. we're going to, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to find out, you know, programming. What is What does this look like? What is, okay. you know, I want to talk about Dominic's Law. I want to talk about how we can help. And again, it is American Heart Month. That's why, I mean, I would wear a red velvet jacket just because it's cool. But it yeah. is, there's actually a reason why I wear a jacket and tie that don't really match, but they're both red. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, so the website is Dom Heart, D-O-M Heart 21, the number 21, domheart21.org. That's where you should check out the great work the organization is doing, really, in, you know, in memory and, and a legacy to your son, to Dom. Um, 6,000 people have, young people have been screened, 26,000 people have been trained in the AEDs, hundreds of lives have been saved already as a result of this, excuse me, lives have been changed as a result of this, there have been several lives saved. And the work we're doing, you said, comes from Parent Heart Watch, which is a bigger organization, meaning not the work we're doing, but like the the knowledge and the education comes from Parent Heart. How does that affiliate? Well, well, when I was looking for um, information on what happened to my son, um, I was able to get information on sudden cardiac arrest um, and really get some information in if Parent Heart Watch is where um, I actually got that information. So that's really on a very national level. So local organizations like Dom Heart 21, we do things locally in the New York state. But when you collaborate with a national organization, you have a greater impact. Um, I'm also part of the board of directors of Parent Heart Watch. Um, and most of the knowledge that I have, especially when it comes, it's the national voice and the single voice for sudden cardiac arrest in young people. Um, so I believe that, you know, I learned a lot through Parent Heart Watch and I continue to learn, but they're national and that's where your local level organizations are able to make a greater impact. I also wanted to clarify when we talked about screenings, yes. when insurance companies aren't um, at fault for anything, when mm-hmm. we think about that, because if there is an existing family history, knowing your, your child, knowing their family history, parents knowing their family history, when they're filling out these you know, forms for schools, that's critical. Because if there's an issue, I'm sure it would be covered. You know, Dominic, right, did, right. I didn't have an issue with insurance. <laughs> that right, was right, covered. Right. Yeah, but I, I wanted to clarify. I don't want anyone out there to Look, feel that. <laughs> I don't want you to feel that way either. That's how I pay my bills is insurance. So yeah. I don't want So don't it's want not like that. that. If there's an underlying condition, family history, yeah. fine. But if the child, like you said, doesn't exhibit anything, why, you know. Right, and, right. Yeah. But, but again, why and when still when you do it, when the organization does it, you're still finding these children, these young people Mm -hmm. that did have this underlying issue. So I, again, understandably, as, as you say, from the insurance company's perspective, yes, the cost of screening all these people would be, you know, probably would not, it just wouldn't work financially. However, it's organizations like yours that are on the front lines that are doing this work. What does that look like when you go to a school and do the screenings or go to a community center? What is that day like? Well, we do it um, in schools and we do it in high schools and um, we do it twice a year. So our organization for our screenings is Heart Screen New York. And um, it's a collaboration of my foundation and my partner um, on Long Island for foundation. And we do it together in New York. We do it twice a year because it's a huge undertaking. Sure. When you think about it, it's a huge undertaking. And so all of, we're blessed to have a host of, medical professionals and volunteers who volunteer their time. And we, you know, without them, we don't do the EKG or the echo, the medical professionals do. So we have a host of 125 to 175 volunteers from our foundations and from these medical professionals. And we do it on a Saturday and it's in a school setting, 
Why? Because we're screening student athletes. Right. We have the, we do it in partnership with the school. So that's, that's, that's where our efforts are. Um, we have a screening coming up on, on April 1st at um, Monsignor McClancy Memorial High School. Dominic uh, graduated from there in June of 2009. So we will be doing it at his, at his high school. And, you know, it's going to be a great thing. We screen up to maybe 400 um, students. Um, if when the slots are filled up by the school, we open it up to the community because it's open up to anyone. Um, but this is, you know, it's a huge effort because when you think about it, what we're giving to these students is like a $1,000 grant per student. When you think about 400 students, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a huge undertaking. They but get again, it. You're, you're not writing a check for $400,000. You no. have these doctors. We're providing this service. But, but, but the doctors are volunteering, but that's so special because it's not like, you know, you can't get that somewhere else. You have these 125 to 175 volunteers. So that's the thing about volunteering. You know, if you are a medical professional, you can volunteer and be involved with what mm -hmm. Melinda's talking about. But there are, I'm sure you have other volunteers here. Like, I yeah. will say something. I always do this. And uh, eventually, it'll probably hurt my father's business. But my father owns Rouse Italian Ices out in Huntington on the island. And I always Hi. get Italian Ices. So if it's appropriate for an event like that, Get a screening and have a have a cherry ice. I don't know. You tell me. We don't have to talk about it now. Okay. But it's things like that because people can volunteer in different ways. I'm sure you need people to help set up for that event. I'm sure you need people to help break down for that event, right? Different volunteers right. checking people in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've been um with we've been blessed by having like our our, you know, people have been with us since 2011. New people come in, which is great because then they help spread that mission message, the importance of screenings. What the student gets is, um, you know, a, a full heart sound, you know, physical um, height and weight. They get an electrocardiogram known as an EKG. Um, if something is flagged or seems abnormal, they then get an echocardiogram. They also see right there on site uh, what we, we use pediatric cardiologists. Mm -hmm. And what I found is a pediatric cardiologist may identify something that possibly an adult cardiologists will miss. Remember, the whole structure of a young heart is different from what they would see in older um, seasoned people like you and I. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. just call each other seasoned. I, I, seasoned, I, like seasoned. <laughs> I will tell you this, you know, as a 45-year-old seasoned person, I will tell you, whenever I have anything, you know, where I don't feel so good in my chest, I mean, look, I don't go to the doctor for most things, but it's when it's the ticker, when it's that, I go to the emergency room. I go to the ED because that's one that you know, is, is the scary one. You know, you, you right. twist your ankle, you walk it off or well, don't walk it off right away, put some ice on it, then walk it off. But the thing about it is in, in these scenarios, I, I think, you know, I've trained myself because I guess, because other people depend on me now, right? If I was, right. a, if I was a kid and didn't have kids, I, you know, if I was 25 years old again and didn't have anybody, you know, looking out or needing me to look out for them, you wouldn't be as inclined, but you have to be aware of this stuff, you know, you have to be. And the, the huge part of this, after the child is screened, we, um, they, we actually have a CPR AED, you know, education table. So they learn that piece. So you learn the importance of knowing that your heart is healthy. And then you actually have that life-saving um, training it's, as it's, well. And then, you know, then young people who have now learned will then go home and maybe they're with mom and dad or grandma and grandpa and they might see, oh, the, I, I need, I know how to do something now. I know how yes. to, I know how yeah. to, I know how to make the call. I know how to push. And if there is an AED around, I know how to turn on the machine and learn. I how know to what it looks like. I know what I have to do. Because I yeah. learned this. I mean, yeah. it's always so many times, you know, in, in in a year, maybe we we see that the young person, you know, young person, a seven or eight year old, saved their mother or father's life by calling nine one one and doing different things and whatever they, you know. Uh, I mean, there was this young boy, I saw it on the internet, um, where his daughter, excuse me, his, he was like eight and his sister was like six and she was being attacked by a dog. And this kid like fought the dog off of his little sister, oh. right? And, and, you know, the dog attacked him a bit. And uh, it was just like, these young people can do this. They just need to be educated, educated. Aware, right? And empowered to, to do the great work to, to help. Yeah. And knowing what sudden cardiac arrest is and how, you know, signs, symptoms, risk, and prevention, which is what Dominic's Law is all about. Yeah, let's... Which you helped push, which I'm so grateful for. I helped push? 
you helped push for that. I mean, we it took 10 years to pass it. And I, I, was, a, I was a guest on your show a couple of um, years back and then a year ago where, you know, we, we were hitting brick walls. And I think parents getting out there, guardians getting out there, caregivers getting out there to their legislators, to their, their representatives and saying, this is important. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm learning a lot about that. Well, first of all, thank you for the appreciation, gratitude. I don't know if, if I had anything to do with it by giving you a platform. I'm happy to have done it. That's what I'm here to do. Um, I want to say, though, I'm learning so much more, especially with the, another show I do called The Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. My co-host is very involved in animal advocacy. And just earlier this week, we had a lunch uh, here on Long Island and we had somebody from the Animal League Defense Fund come in and talk about the advocacy work is there. They're up there in Albany. They're, you know, they're around the country making making things happen from a legislative perspective. But it's not just the lobbyists, folks. It's not just the people, the legislators up there. It's it's you all. You, I mean, we've I've done call nights, uh, you know, for with regards to some of the animal legislation, uh, where we a bunch of us jump on a Zoom call. We make three or four phone calls, and you know, we're out of the Zoom call in twenty minutes. But we did the thing. We we made the impact. Um, I, I think sometimes we as individuals don't realize the impact we can make by, by just like this lunch that I'm talking about, this gentleman said in a, uh, he was talking to uh, a politician in a community who wasn't sure where they were going to land on a piece of legislation. And they got 11 phone calls from constituents, 11, you know, in one community, a community of 200,000. And now those 11 calls or what educated this is politician to vote in that certain direction, eleven out of two hundred thousand. So don't ever, don't ever anybody think that we can't make an impact and that our votes don't matter and our phone calls don't matter because do. we got to remember at the end of the day whether they're down in D.C. or here in New York, up in Albany, they actually work for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? Yeah. and oftentimes they don't know. They need us to educate them on what this stuff is. So let's talk. Um, did we we didn't really dive very much into Dominic's law. Can we do a little bit of that now? And if we break, we'll sure. back. Yes. So um, it took 10 years to get Dominic's law um, actually passed. And um, prior to 2021, um, we didn't get all the votes that we needed. We get hung up in, you know, ways and means or in finance, whatever it was. However, there was no financial implication on the schools or New York State. You know, it, it was no financial burden. Basically, it was an education piece. Sending home information to parents, caregivers, and guardians, information on what sudden cardiac arrest is, its signs, symptoms, risk, and prevention. It would also change the way heart health forms were sent home. Basically, family history, um, compiling all that family history, not just checking the box, educating parents not to just check the box, and also training, teaching, and athletic staffs um, as part of their CPR AED requirement that they have to have, add a special emphasis on sudden cardiac arrest. That is critical. So, so um, no, there was no additional cost other than to have this sent out to the families they're you know and educating these they just to plug in some additional information into the education that these uh coaches and athletic directors were and teachers nursing staff they were, and already, not just, they were already having the meeting we just needed to give them a little more information in the meetings about sudden cardiac arrest right and signs and symptoms and information that it's not rare they were not educated on sudden cardiac um arrest you know signs symptoms and not just information going home on the school websites, health, New York State Department of Health websites, New York State Department of Education websites. Mm. Um, so all of that information before a child can participate in sports or in gym, this information had to be provided and parents had to sign off on this information knowing that they, they have this information, they are aware. And right. it's all New York State public and non-public schools, middle schools and high schools. So... So, but the point I was just trying to underscore is there was no additional cost. No additional cost. For the just information. Why? It was just more information. So that's the thing that kind of drives me a little bonkers is that the thing is up there battling for 10 years. And what exactly are we fighting about? <laughs> why don't we just, <laughs> this is good for people's families and their children. Why are we, you know, it ain't going to cost you any more money anyway. 
That's all. We could talk about that one for days. When we come back, I want to talk about, I noticed on the website, which again is Dom Hart, D-O-M-H-E-A-R-T 21.org. I noticed his upcoming events, which look, look, I'll wear a red velvet jacket for no reason, but I'll certainly wear it for the ninth annual Red Gala at Russo's in October of 23, right? But yes. I want you, when we come back, I want you to share with me, Melinda, how can we help? What do you need? right and and what is upcoming for the organization in this year 2023 and what can you share with us resources for this month that we should be aware of in the month of february good all right we'll be right back philanthropy and focus hey everybody it's tommy d the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic each week here on talkradio.nyc i host a program philanthropy and focus Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. The power of networking, you know, Melinda, I don't meet you if Angela does not introduce us all those years ago, right? And I shared that you were going to come on the show and that we were going to be collaborating this month at one of my networking meetings. And a friend of mine, Michael Martinez, reached out to me, sent me an email, goes, Tommy D, I heard you talk about that organization. And he mentioned Parent Heart Watch when I, you know, in an email he sent me. And he has a foundation uh, I believe it's out of New Jersey. He wants to introduce me to them because they do similar work. So very could be complimentary. We'll talk about them down the road. But it's just so, you know, it's it's just this whole thing that together we can do better, right? Absolutely. It's all about collaboration. It takes, I mean, no one, no one person can do everything. It takes collaboration. And, um, you know, organizations like, you know, there's there's many family organizations out there family foundations. We're working together to prevent these tragedies because they are preventable. will make yeah. the difference. Yeah, that's the thing too, preventable. You know, when we think in terms of that, that we we're literally can prevent someone from losing their lives and or, you know, in the case of um, uh, this young man, I, I don't even know, DeMar Hamlin, was he 23 years old? He's a baby, right? I mean, he's a kid. He, he, he's young. He, he's, I'm not sure in his age, but he's young and, you know, he survived. You know, and because it was immediate, what made the difference was immediate action. Make no mistake, immediate action made a difference. How do you think, we didn't rehearse this one, but how do you think we (laughs) we capitalize on this now? We, meaning your organization and those of us who want to be a support of it. Um, And I don't mean, that maybe sounds like a negative connotation, but how do we leverage what this that young man went through to really continue, and I'm sure he's going to do a lot of it, and 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 I'm sure a lot that you know it was so, sort of fun, while you know while he was healing and and recovering was all those monies that were being donated. I think he had like a small foundation, and then there was a lot more than a small amount of money in that foundation. Um, do you expect you know not that he has to do this, the young man, right? But do you expect that he comes out and 
and is the big we got to get to meet him is really where i'm going we got tomorrow we got to get you on the show we got to get you to meet melinda i don't it doesn't it's not about me i don't need to be there but you got to meet melinda but do you do you think that what strategies we could utilize you know just to have more conversations about this as it become it became more topical right yeah this is the ideal opportunity for others to become more educated on what sudden cardiac arrest is. People just don't know what it is. And it's not just during heart month, it's every month for me that people need to learn CPR and how to use an AED. Whether you take a class with my organization or any organization, just go out there and get trained. It's important. So when you talk about like using this opportunity, I would use it more for raising awareness, getting educated on what sudden cardiac arrest is, ensuring that Dominic's law is implemented and executed in the schools, Mm -hmm. because that's critical. Our kids spend majority of their time in schools and participating in extracurricular activities and athletics in sports programs in schools. This information is needed. It's not rare. And changing the paradigm that people think and and the mantra that sudden cardiac arrest is rare in young people. It is not. We need to erase that from the vocabulary. It's not rare. Shirts made up. I'm big on the hoodies. Can we get a hoodie that says like SCA? It's not rare. I think we should. I think we should. I got a guy. I got a guy for that. (laughs) I think we should. And we need everyone's voice on this. I mean, get educated on it. It's, 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 Saving a life is as simple as call, push, shock. Oh, you know, we push shock. shock. We trained thousands um, from young people, teens to adults and seniors. Tomorrow, you know, Monday, I have a training at a senior center. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're training them. So yeah. it doesn't matter the age. We will train you. We will do what needs to be done. Bystander CPR triples the chances of a victim's survival. You know, so I would, for Heart Month, I, my call to action and challenging people is go find a course. Yeah. Learn CPR. Learn CPR. I Learn how to use an AED. Do it. Just, we got to do, I'm going to do it. And I will probably like get videos and th- throw some stuff on social media just to show that, you know, this right. is, it, I, you just got to go okay. sign up and do the thing. Exactly. We have classes coming up all throughout Queens. I think that'll be <laughs> more fun. I just come to one of your yeah. classes. So I want you to. I will. I'll be there. We're done. That's how it works. So what about what's coming up? How can we help? Aside from learning and and getting certified, tell me more. How can we help the organization? Well, basically, you know, we just learning more about our organization. Um, We have, you know, you talked about our event that's coming up, you know, in October at Russo's on the Bay. That's just, um, and more information will be coming out you know, over the next couple of months, that's where basically it's one of our major fundraisers, our only major fundraiser every year. And we use that fundraiser to provide funding for the AEDs that we donate um, for our heart screenings and also for our CPR, you know, AED trainings. But other than that, really, you know, donations help because they help us place more AEDs out there in communities, making them more publicly accessible, you know, ensuring that we're able to screen more hearts. So volunteering with the foundation, you know, you could reach out to me on domheart21.org where it says contact us. Let us know if you want to volunteer. If you want to, you know, you're interested in becoming a CPR instructor and volunteering your time, let me know. Yeah, no doubt. You know, come to us. So, so um, in terms of like restaurants and businesses, like, because I always talk about strategic partnerships and relationships with the business community and the nonprofits. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're if you know is every business required to have an AED? Is it a certain number of clients or uh, clients or pa- uh, patients they see or customers they see? Do you know? Right. I, I don't know of it being a requirement in um, restaurants now. You'll see that they say they have these rescue kits there. That's not the AED. That's not an that's AED. More, that's more for like choking and so forth. Okay. That's not the AED because we don't we don't want people to choke either. We want to help you. Right, choking. right, and that's also part of our training. We show you how to relieve you know choking victims okay but i do know that dentist offices in new york state are required to have them all um uh police cars patrol cars emergency responders they carry them they are they are in airports um i'm not sure if, what the written if there's a requirement but i do know that they're at airports 
they are required to be in New York State um, schools, um, not necessarily required for parochial schools. So it's really good that they have them. More and more churches are getting them in places of worship. We've helped donate quite a few of them because we provide grants as well as partial grants. And for businesses, you know, businesses that partner with us, we, we provide training. You know, we want to make sure that you're equipped, that you have them. Businesses can afford them and they should know that, hey, let's let's have them placed yeah. because you care about your clients. You care about your employees. Yeah. They should yeah. be there, you know. We welcome coming out and doing, you know, trainings at, you know, the local bank. You know, one supporter who has supported us. Am I allowed to give a shout out? Sure, of course you are. Maspeth Federal Savings has been a supporter of our organization. You know, they 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 sponsored a couple of our events. They 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 get it. I think they get it. So basically, you know, bringing you know us out. We we don't mind coming out and doing that that training. Do you know Resorts World? You yeah, know yeah. they've been they've been huge supporters of the foundation. They get it. And when I went to visit their you know location, they have AEDs throughout sure. their facility. Sure. And, and and look, we, we we may not have time to go into it now because we're pretty much at the end of the show. But it, it's not super expensive to have an AED in your store, right? I mean, right. It's it's not super expensive. And then what price tag can you put? On saving uh, 100%. Your life. 100%. Yeah. And again, what does it say to your clients and your guests that come into your establishment when you're showing them right there that you're caring about them and you're looking to make a change and save lives? The website is domhart21.org. Lots of things coming up. Monsignor McClancy, you have the, that. We got to see some social media on that. I'm going to come yeah. out that day. That's the first of Good. April. April 1st. We'll oh, be there. We'll make that happen. There's going to be a, um, a basketball tournament coming up yep. in the spring. More to come. Right, on. we haven't determined the date yet. You know, after COVID, you're trying to get back. Hundred percent up there. Yeah, because yeah. our basketball game is—it's more than a game. It's about a—it's an awareness raiser. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a fair, right? It's an educational fair with a basketball game. Yeah, it's—it's it's actually a tournament, and what the kids are doing—they're competing to raise awareness and sudden cardiac arrest. And the championship team—we donate an AED to the championship team. I love it. Um, so it, it's it's a full blown. They're very competitive. It's the top um, the top players throughout the tri state area in Long Island, and they're competing to raise awareness. Um, and so you know what tournaments are like. But yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their no, biggest trophy is the AED. The AED is their huge trophy. They I get their trophies, but the biggest and one I'm of all is the AED. That at the end, that the winning team is going to hold up an AED. That yeah, I love. That. I want to be there for that. We'll figure it out. Depending on if I can bring you the ices, I'm always happy to bring the ices if we Perfect. can. I, you know, as the spring is, I feel like even though it's 21 degrees, I feel like the spring is about to spring. Yes. The spring yes. is something like that. It's about something that. like that. Melinda, okay. Mari Nayak, my friend, I love Thank everything. You. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being here on the show. Thank you for starting off the month of February, American Heart Month with Philanthropy and Focus. I appreciate you. Everybody, make it a great day. Thanks Thank again. you so much for having me. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 